Welcome to this Casey Connect podcast brought to you by IBEX Employer Relations Team. Across the series of short episodes, we will provide insight and expertise on some of the most common challenges for our members and discuss some of the issues being fielded by the Occupational Safety and Health Service in the Knowledge Centre. My name is Bernie McMeal, IBEC Knowledge Centre, OSH Executive, and today I'm joined by Michael Gillen, Head of OSH Member Services in IBEC. For the next 10 minutes or so, we will discuss some of the issues that have been raised through the Knowledge Centre following on from the riots in Dublin City Centre. We look at some of the challenges for employers brought on by the increase in aggression on the streets of our town and cities and look at how can employers best protect employees and their businesses in these circumstances. This will be done exclusively from an occupational health and safety perspective, though we will occasionally touch upon direct security issues. If you are listening to this podcast, you may also be interested in our Combating Aggression and Harassment in the Workplace Toolkit, available on the IBEC website. And our training course from the IBEC Academy, What If? Employee Personal Safety and Situational Awareness Training. At our Retail Ireland Forum last week, we discussed the recent unprecedented attacks on workers going about their daily business in the city. Hundreds of employees who were in the city that evening were exposed to violent and aggressive acts that could not have been foreseen on a normal Thursday workday. Now employers are wondering what they should do and how to protect their employees in the event of such riots and the increasing psychosocial risks associated with exposure to this kind of aggression, including acts of hate and discrimination. So to begin with, Michael, what is workplace aggression? Bernie, a great question. And, and, you know, first of all, I think it shocks so many people on so many levels because initially we looked at a really, really tragic scenario being turned for the wrong reasons by a small cohort of society. But when we look at it from an occupational safety and health perspective, the first thing you always have to start off with is the duty on the employer. And while there's currently no legal definition of workplace aggression under Irish legislation and indeed under European legislation, there still is a duty upon the employer to provide a safe place of work. And when we look at workplace aggression and, and, and what we saw last week, last week wasn't the beginning of workplace aggression. We've had it going on for years. So it originally was observed in what we'll call higher value businesses like banking and possibly retail pharmacy. But it started to percolate through all parts of society. And in fact, earlier this year, the Health and Safety Authority brought out a really good guidance on uh, managing workplace aggression and violence in the healthcare sector because One of the really terrible things we observed during the pandemic, and again, it was simmering there beforehand, but it came to light, particularly during the pandemic, is the levels of abuse people working in these sectors were subjected to. So it's not defined legally, but we all know what it is. Okay, so third party violence and harassment is a real problem for workers in many different sectors now. Yeah. So... Um, We talked a little bit about the legal responsibilities. You mentioned there about the legal responsibilities, Michael. What must employers consider when addressing workplace aggression? Yeah, and again, a really good question, because as I said at the outset, if you go back to the fundamental duty on all employers under health and safety legislation, it's to provide a safe place of work. And how they do that can take many, many forms. But one of the first primary objectives it is when 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 there is a place of work irrespective of where it is so it can be the the bus drivers driving the buses through Dublin city centre the drivers on the Lewis Grams 
their employer has an obligation to identify any hazards. And once the hazards have been identified, then there's an obligation to look at this concept of what we call risk assessment. And people often make risk assessment to sound like, oh, geez, that's a really hard, complex thing to do. It's really quite easy. What you're doing is, what controls do you need to allow your work in the presence of such a hazard? And and that's the overriding responsibility of the employer in addressing any of these hazards, including ones relating to a workplace aggression. OK, it must have been very difficult for employers to try to envisage the type of aggression that employees were exposed to. So what are the expectations of employers then with regard to managing that risk? It would be very hard, obviously, to cover all possibilities, say, for example, employees going home, um, particularly when public transport wasn't wasn't yeah. working. Um, so I know a number of people had to call and get lifts from family and friends when they realised there was no transport available and a number of people who walked home from town. Yeah, yeah. So what about employees deciding on their own safety at a given time? Could we be encouraging them to do that or should we be encouraging them to do that in terms of a dynamic risk assessment? Yeah, and, and so there's a few things there and I'll, I'll start off with the first and that's the kind of situation that we had this year two weeks ago. First start, it was unprecedented. Uh, uh, we've never seen that level of writing in Dublin city centre. But we have seen levels of aggression and violence in towns and cities across the whole of Ireland over the last 10 and 20 years. So again, what's the important piece here is if you didn't anticipate this, you're taken aback. Once it has occurred, there's a concept in law known as foreseeability. And once that becomes foreseen, a duty on the employer, and again, it goes back to a legislation, and I'm not here to give a lecture on health and safety law, but Section 11 in the Act talks about the duties of emergencies and serious and imminent dangers. So it's for the employer to actually work with their workers, because in Ireland, and Danny McCoy is always saying it, we don't have gold, we don't have oil, we have people. And Good employers, reasonable employers talk about protecting their workers such that they don't come to unnecessary harm. So to start planning and and like I know you feel that loads of calls in relation what emergency plan should we now have in place? This all stems from this. How do we deal with this threat of serious and imminent danger? I suppose there are those circumstances where you just cannot foresee. Mm. Um, So I think that maybe it's important then, would you say that Employer, employers train their employees Absolutely. in completing dynamic risk assessments and they know the type of training that they receive um, will ensure that they know what to do and know what to do and also what not to do in yeah. circumstances of aggression if they're exposed to them. And I think that word you use, dynamic, is so important in this because for those of us who've traditionally worked in a workplace where there's four walls and a ceiling, our employer can do a very discrete set of control measures arising from the risk assessment. But when I'm working in a changing environment, like those bus drivers and tram drivers, and indeed people working in retail in Dublin city centre at the time, the situation was changing so rapidly. No one had the time to sit down and work through it methodologically and say, "Okay, this is what we're doing. So it's the training of people to 
adapt to the circumstances as they meet. Loads of sectors are very good at doing uh, dynamic risk assessment. We're now learning that people in the front line, so be it firemen, uh, hospital uh, workers, uh, bus drivers, drivers, they've got used to it. Now, perhaps in some instances, our retail employers have to consider this concept of dynamic risk assessment as well. And is an emergency plan important then in terms of planning ahead? Critical, absolutely critical. And again, this emergency plan becomes the way we address this issue of foreseeability that we talked about earlier. It was unforeseen that such an event could occur prior to two weeks ago. Now it is foreseen. So you do your emergency plan and I could tell you what to do, but I'll be giving you very generic advice. You do it, you stress test it, you do your desktop exercise, you, you do it with your colleagues who have been trained in this. What works, keep. What doesn't work, you amend such that if you're ever presented in a scenario like this again, you know how to adapt to it. And it's this adaptability. It's what we're looking for from such a dynamic assessment. And it feeds into the emergency plan. Okay, and then are there any security measures in in terms of a first first stance that employers can take in relation to perhaps the physical layout of the building and how they may be able to control that to a certain degree in terms of prevention of aggression. Yeah, there are. And in fact, one of the comments I heard back from retail workers in the city centre the day afterwards was a lot of them still had their Perspex screens up from COVID days and that prevented people spitting at them in the workplace. So even though it was a control measure for a completely different identified yeah. hazard, it, it still allowed uh, some element of protection. And I think this this highlights when we talk about controls arising from whatever the assessment has been done. There are controls where we try and minimise the probability of the event happening. Then there are tr- controls that allow us to mitigate. Mm. And you mentioned earlier on, now... There are now employers in parts of Dublin where they're contemplating if we have to shut up shop, how do we get people out safely? They, yes. That was never considered before, but they now have to consider that moving forward. OK, so that this is why it's that dynamic nature of emergency response, assessing level of risk and engaging your workers in whatever controls you're going to agree with. Uh, communications then to employees so in those kind of circumstances what do you way do you think you could manage communications to and from managers to employees who may find themselves isolated in a particular environment or a particular hazardous environment yeah again i would say that's very much dependent on what the workplace is and i'll give you a great example after do you, I, do you remember back in 2017 and we'd storm ophelia and then oh, the yes, following yeah. year we'd beast from the east well in ibeck we brought in this um an alert that went down to your personal mobile phone from our hr team if ever there was a a, a situation like a red weather alert but we also got similar alerts arising from the rise last week so it very much is dependent on the level of exposure your your workers in whatever the environment is that you need to consider and that's why I can give you examples of it but it'll need to be tailored for each individual workplace. Okay thanks Michael. So Michael in terms of uh, key takeaways from all of this what's your key takeaway for today? So my my single biggest takeaway is uh, if I if I could only ask people to consider one thing it's that issue of foreseeability. We can go along in ignorant bliss lots of the times and we can say we never foreseen that a likelihood in a retail setting. That is now 
fair game moving forward, unfortunately. So I would encourage employers, and not just in retail, but in transport and anywhere you have frontline workers likely to be subjected to such violent outbreaks to consider how are we going to manage the worst case scenarios. So it's now a foreseeable issue moving forward. And Bernie, what would your key takeaway be? My key takeaway is that planning is really important and have an emergency plan now in place for what you can now foresee, I suppose, in terms of that this could potentially happen again. And make sure that your employees are trained um, in in how to protect themselves as best they can. Yeah, I think that training is huge. I think that training piece is absolutely huge. Definitely. So listen, if you've been listening to this podcast and you found it in any way interesting, you may be interested in further information in relation to occupational safety and health we have here in IBEC. And you'll get it on our website, ibec.ie. And as Bernie mentioned earlier, we have numbers of different bits and pieces and toolkits and the like. And in fact, our Combating Aggression and Harassment in the Workplace Toolkit will be available on our website next week. And this includes really good case studies from retailers. And to that end, I'd really like to thank the Retail Ireland Members Forum for sharing these case studies with us. In addition, Bernie mentioned the importance of training and our colleagues in the IPIC Academy have developed a course for delivery in in person on site. So it's not something that's done off site and it's called What If? And it addresses the whole area of employee personal safety and situational awareness training. And that's available now. And if you want to find out more about it, contact our colleagues in IPIC Academy, ibicacademy.ie. So that concludes this episode. Thanks for listening. And for more content like this, be sure to explore our audio hub on ibic.ie podcasts. And last, last, last thing, if you have any specific questions in relation to this or any other occupational safety and health issues, contact Bernie in the Knowledge Centre, bernie.macmeal at ibic.ie. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks, Michael. <laughs>